We are in a series during these four weeks of Advent called He is Called. And I'm looking at the names of Jesus, names that were given to Jesus 700 years before his birth, names that are rooted in the eternal character of God. And last week, we looked at the name Wonderful Counselor. And this morning, we're going to head back to the book of Isaiah and look at the second name on that list. So Isaiah 9 Chapter 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. He will be called the Mighty God. In the Bible, when Scripture talks about God being mighty, God being Powerful. Often what follows that name are descriptions of God's character, his creative and creating power, or his work on behalf of his people. I want to show you some scriptures just to illustrate uh, a few of those this morning. So Deuteronomy 3.24 says this, Sovereign Lord, you have begun to show your servant your greatness, your strong hand. For what God is there in heaven or on earth who can do the deeds and mighty works you do? Now, when Israel often talked about those mighty works that God had done, they referenced God saving them and bringing them out of Egypt where they were slaves. And God displayed his mighty acts and his power to them. In relation to God's character, Psalm 89 verse 8 says this, Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. God is a mighty God. Not only does, is, has he always been a saving God, displaying his mighty acts on our behalf, but in character, he is faithful. He is mighty. And then in regard to his creative and sustaining power, Psalm 50, verse 1 says this, Mighty one, God, the Lord, speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to where it sets. So God spoke the world into existence and he sustains it daily from the time the sun rises to the time the sun sets. This image is an image that I took uh, coming home uh, from the first day of deer season. And when I, we, Jared and I stopped, uh, when I see a, a magnificent sunset, I cannot help but think of our mighty God. And if you want to read a passage of scripture that talks about the way God displays who he is through creation, look at Psalm 19. It declares God's goodness in the way he speaks through his creation. Well, in scripture, sometimes as it's referring to our mighty God, it com- scripture combines these two things. And Jeremiah does that. He looks at creation and then he talks about God's character. It says this, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. In other words, if you can create all this, if you can speak the world into existence, everything that we see, nothing 
is too hard for you. I'm sure you've heard these next three terms sometime in your life in reference to God, but I want to cover them this morning because they describe uh, the depth of God's power and his limitness. So number one, God is omniscient, and it means that he knows everything. Scripture says God knows our past, God knows our present, and God knows our future. Uh, Scripture says that God knows the number of hairs on your head, which proves in my case that he can count backwards. Uh, Scripture says that God knows our very thoughts, which may make some of you very, very nervous. God knows everything. He is the great I am, and he lives in the eternal present. That scripture that says in the Old Testament that what should we, uh, what should we call, what name should I give? And God said to Moses, tell them I am. References that eternal present. So that's why the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees got so upset when Jesus claimed to be the great I am, because he was claiming to be God, who in essence knows everything. God is also omnipresent. He is everywhere. And, and this blows my mind, because we can only be it in one place at one time. Uh, I cannot be here with you in New Stanton and with my parents in Erie, Pennsylvania at the same time. Now, I know you can do some really cool things with technology, uh, FaceTime and Skype, but you cannot physically be in two places at one time. But God is in Erie right now as my parents are worshiping. And God is here right now with us, and he is present. And he can be in every place at the same time time. God doesn't have to travel around from church to church, Sunday to Sunday, uh, and, and travel the world. He can be everywhere at the same time. He can speak to you right now, and he can speak to someone in the middle of the night who is up in China right now. That proves, among other things, that God is the only guy in history that can multitask. I don't get it, but I am in awe that God has no limitations. He can meet you any place, anytime, anywhere, even here today. God is also omnipotent, meaning he can do anything. As Jeremiah proclaimed, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is too hard for him. He is God. He can do anything he wants to. But let's be honest about that for a second. Sometimes that's what's frustrating about God, isn't it? How, how many of us, even during Advent, hear those words and think, yeah, but I'm not feeling it. I know that God can do anything, but I'm not seeing it. My dilemma is, why isn't he doing it? Maybe you've never had thoughts like that, but I have. Maybe you, like me, have looked at the world or watched the news or watched people you love going through a hard time and thought, God, 
Where is your power? You can do anything. Do it. Maybe one of your kids is going through a hard time. Or maybe one of your friends at school is, has parents that are going through a divorce. Or you're struggling financially. Or you were treated unfairly and there just doesn't seem to be any justice. Maybe you're trying to get over an addiction and you keep running back to the same thing that's crushing you. Or a doctor told someone that you love that they have cancer. Maybe you've been praying the same prayer so long that you almost don't have the energy to keep hope alive. There are all sorts of reasons why we ask of God, where is your mighty power? And if you personally aren't asking that question, I'm going to guess, I'm going to bet that you know someone who is. What do you say? How do you answer that question? Hey, I know God's mighty, but I'm not seeing it. Why doesn't he? Let me say, first of all, that most of the time in those situations, you don't have to answer that question. You just have to be there for someone and love them and be the comfort and love of Jesus. Oftentimes, that's enough. But this morning, I want to assure you that God is mighty. And he is working, whether you can feel him or see him or not. And I'm going to give you three ways that God works in our lives continuously. And you may not need to share these with someone who is going through a difficult time, but they're true, and they may help. So number one, God is mighty. And God's mighty power is at work in you. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Now, notice that that verse doesn't say that God is working in you to give you everything that you've ever wanted. It does not say that God is working in you, therefore you will hit the lottery. It does not say God will take away all your problems. You are still going to have disappointments. You are still going to have hardships. But in all things, God is working in you so that you and that your life pleases him. And the good news is the desire to please God does, in fact, please him. You see, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to desire to please him with your being. You will become less and less as God works in you. You will become less and less self-centered and more and more Christ-centered. You will desire to do what pleases him because it's what happens when the Holy Spirit takes up residence in you. And he will not only give you the desire, but he will give you the power to accomplish it. As you walk with Jesus, you will see his love and his joy and his goodness and his kindness and his peace and his love transform your life. Those things might be developed in you because of choices you make to follow him. And sometimes they're developed in your life because of 
things that God pulls you back in as you stray and wander through situations that you never would have chosen. God uses all things to work in us. Those gifts from the Spirit will increase because God is working in you. Even if you're not seeing his power in the way that you want, he's still at work. Even if it looks like everyone else is receiving God's favor and God forgot you, he's still at work in you. And scripture says he is close to the brokenhearted. He loves you. Therefore, number two, if you're taking notes, God is working for you. Some of you might hear those words this morning and say, Pastor Steve, no, he is not. I am tired. I am fried. And life is just chewing me up right now. It took everything I had to make it to church today. It's Christmas. Everybody's happy, shopping, playing Christmas music. And I'm like, fa-la-la-la-la, baby, fa-la-la-la-la, like bah humbug. Anybody feeling like that this morning, this Christmas season? Yeah. A number of you. Keep, do me a favor. Keep, keep your hands up. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are tired and weary, and I will give you rest. It's a promise. So keep, keep your hands up. I know this is a long time. It's not school, but keep your hands up. If someone near you has their hand up, put your hand on their shoulder. Look around. Find somebody with their hand up. Put a hand on the shoulder. Put your hand down when somebody puts their hand on your shoulder. And if you want to, open the person who had their hand up. Open them up. And you can do this even if you didn't have your hand up, but you really are tired. Open your hands up like you're about to receive a gift or a hug. And would you pray with me with your hand on someone's shoulder? God, your word says... In Isaiah chapter 40, have you not heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depth of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. And God, this morning we confess that some of us are weak and tired and he gives strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on the wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Jesus, as we're praying, we pray for our brothers and sisters right now who had their hands up, but now who have them open to you. And we pray, God, that you would give them your rest and your strength. Pour out your Holy Spirit on them. God, you promised, and we believe. Do a deep work through the power of your Spirit right now. May we feel your arms around us and your power welling up within us. Renew us and give us rest. And all God's people said, amen. One man that I look up to in Scripture is Paul. 
And the reason is actually a personal one. Paul had a handicap. Uh, He did not like it. It hindered his ministry. And it says in Scripture that he prayed on three different times, accounts, uh, for the Lord to remove it from his life. Uh, As someone who struggles to hear, like, I get it. Uh, Having a hearing problem is a pain. I confess I have prayed more than three times for God to remove it. Uh, But it can be embarrassing, even in ministry. Uh, If you wonder why I never come up to the steps and pray with someone who is up there pouring out their heart to the Lord, it's because if somebody would want to tell me something while at the steps, I would never be able to hear them. Uh, A couple weeks ago at youth group, uh, Bobby asked the youth group to close their eyes and pray. And we were all praying, and I closed my eyes, which was my first mistake. I often keep my eyes open when I pray because I can't hear when someone's praying. And I interrupted Mary McCloy's prayer, like right in the middle of her prayer. I barged in right in the middle. And my wife and my kids mock me all the time because they're like, you didn't know somebody was talking, did you? And it's like, no, like I really didn't. I am not really that rude. I just can't hear. Well, Paul says this about his weakness in 2 Corinthians. Three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time, he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults and hardships and persecutions and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. No matter what your weakness, no matter what your limitation, God still loves you. And he is working in you, and he is working for you. And he cares about you. And his grace is truly all that you need. He has a plan for your life. And when you are weak, he will display his power in you. And number three, our mighty God is at work through you. Acts 1.8 says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Last week, we looked at John chapter 4, and we saw how a woman who had been married five times and was currently shacking up with some guy showed her entire village Jesus because she encountered the Messiah. It doesn't matter where we've been. God can transform who we are. When you put your faith in Jesus and receive his power, God works through you. Some people kind of get the wrong idea about the power of God. God doesn't and won't empower you to accomplish selfless things. He empowers us. His spirit works in us so that we are his witnesses and so that we can overcome sin. You might think that showing people Jesus is scary or intimidating or that you need like this perfect delivery. You don't need those things. You just have to love people and want them to know the love of God that you know. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, and my message and my preaching were very plain, 
Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. You see, you can be an ordinary person and be used by God because God does something extraordinary in us. When the Spirit takes up residence and works in us and through us. It happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus picked 12 ordinary men to be his disciples. And I believe this Advent, Jesus wants to use the ordinary folks of New Stanton Church who have received him, who have found rest and salvation to proclaim his goodness. He wants to work through us and proclaim his name to the ends of the earth. He is called Mighty God. He is a wonderful counselor, and he lives in you through faith, and he wants to work through you. This Advent, even if you're not feeling it for some reason, I pray that you know that God is working in you and for you, and that he wants to work through you. And that the desire to please him does, in fact, please him. Let's pray. God, this Advent season, we are so thankful that you are a mighty God. And that your Holy Spirit can transform who we are, that you love us, that you are working in us even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it. God, it's true. And you are working so that our life pleases you. And you will build that hope and that love, that joy into our hearts, God, until we know that you are for us. And God, once that sinks in, God, we just want to share that love with those around us. So empower us, the people of New Stanton Church, to go out this day to show people Jesus, to proclaim your goodness. And if you're sitting here this morning and have never put your trust in a mighty God. Know that he loves you. Know that he came this Christmas season 2,000 years ago to proclaim his passion, to honor his Father and to save you. He longs to have a relationship with you that much that he was willing to take all your shortcomings, all your fear, bear all your guilt, all your shame, that you might know his love and be with him now and for all eternity. So if you don't know him, I'm going to just ask that you pray in the quietness of your heart, Lord Jesus, I receive you this morning. I invite you in. Maybe for the first time, or maybe you're here and you just need to come home to Jesus. It's been way too long. And I pray that you would discover his forgiveness, his rest, and his power. And all God's people said, amen.